welcome along to Nailtopia, Inside with the Insiders. I'm Rachel. In this podcast, we're going to talk to some of the nail industry's biggest and brightest. But I want to get to know the real them. I want to know their real stories. So come with me as we take a peek behind the curtain. So today I'm talking to Helena Biggs uh, of Scratch Magazine. Helena, please tell us all about yourself. Hi, well, thank you very much for having me, first and foremost. So, yeah, I am the managing editor of Scratch magazine, and I've been at Scratch for, I think it's 12 years now, so quite a while. Mm. Um, and I, I just absolutely love what I do. I love the nail industry. It's it's just such an exciting, creative, wonderful industry in which to work, however you're working within it. And uh, something new is happening every single day. So oh, gosh, um, yeah. I think that's why I've been immersed in it for so long. It is a very exciting industry. And I, I agree with you. Um, it, it, I think if you've got a passion for it, it doesn't ever go away, does it? So tell us how you came into the nail industry and into, I suppose, the media industry. Well, it was kind of a little bit by accident, actually, the the nail side of things. So um, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a journalist. Well, from 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 a teenager, really. Um, I wanted to be a few other things before that. Uh, Lollipop lady being one of them. Um, And then hairdresser. But then realised that I couldn't do my own hair. (laughs) (laughs) So let alone anybody else's. Um, And I still can't to this day. It has two styles up and down. Exactly. uh, (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah it's just easy easy uh, low maintenance kind of vibes but um yeah I think from from about a teenager I always wanted to be a journalist I was just excited by, about communicating with people I've always been very chatty and I just loved storytelling and I'm, I love people mm. people are so interesting and I wanted something that kind of fulfilled me and just gave me a lot of variety in a role so I ended up uh, studying journalism at uni. There was nothing else that I wanted to do at that point. Uh, still isn't. And um, yeah, I, I did three years at university. And then I started out actually um, after graduating, I worked in TV and radio. Oh. So did the broadcast side of media and um, where I got to utilise my voice a lot and chat a lot. Um, I had a drive time radio show, which I loved. Um Wow, that's fascinating. And uh, yeah, also was working. It was fun. I mean, I wasn't great on the technical side. Like <laughs> I got the buttons a bit confused sometimes. And there was a little bit of dead air for longer than there should be. But it was all a learning curve. It was, it was wonderful. And definitely has helped with the, the Facebook Lives we're doing now and things like that. But um, really enjoyed that. And I was also working for a well-known uh, chat show, Um uh, as, as well as doing my drive time show and then um, the stability wasn't great in that mm. kind of arena so I um, saw a journalism job in the print side of things and when I was at uni I, I was trained to do radio tv and um, print journalism so it was quite a versatile course so I could kind of cherry pick where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do but um, so I ended up working for a <laughs> a flooring and carpeting magazine which I can't say was very me (laughs) (laughs) a bit different Um, (laughs) but you know when you're young and you're in your 20s you kind of you know try and immerse yourself in whatever you can yeah um and I was there for a little while and then um a job came up not far from me at a nail magazine 
I thought, you know what, this this sounds a lot more me. Mm. This is right up my street. Um, I, I'd always painted my own nails and yeah, I had fun doing my own nail art at home, that kind of thing. Um, but didn't know much about the nail world beyond that. Obviously not from the professional side either, but went for the interview and same day I was privileged enough to get the job. And um, that was on a Friday afternoon. And then Monday was um, a trade show in London. So my first day was at a trade show, which <sighs> was my first ever trade show and <laughs> put me right at the deep end. And yeah. Um, yeah, just worked my way through ever since. Oh, that's amazing. So obviously nails was never your passion growing up. It wasn't something you kind of fell into the nail magazine uh, arena the industry as you see it now is it very very different than how you saw it when you first started in the nail world have you seen these dramatic changes oh hugely um i think that's probably what's kept me working within the nail industry for so long because it is fascinating and it is so interesting and it has changed so much i mean when I started, Scratch Magazine didn't really have a website. Social mm. media wasn't a thing. Mm. Gel polish wasn't a thing. And so I've been there seeing all of those developments. And we all know how much social impact, uh, social media has impacted our lives professionally and personally mm. from a business level, um, from a communicative level, you know, from sometimes from a negative level as well. Um, and also the evolution of gel polish was very much... Um, a huge boom for, mm. for our industry as we know our magazine doubled in size because there were so many brands offering gel polish and people wanting to know how to use this amazing new system and more people entering the nail industry and mm. um, but then you get the downside the the downside where it was um so easy to get a and I say this in air quotes, yes. nail qualification. Yes. Um, we all know that the websites that sell them are £20 and become a fully fledged nail technician <laughs> in a day, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> fully qualified in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was just like, I, I, can't, I still can't paint my own nails, let alone learn how to do anything else in 24 hours. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, I think with, with that downside, we saw a lot more people um, wanting to know more about the nail industry entering the nail industry whether they were qualified to do so or not um but then on the consumer side we were seeing the acceptance more of nail art so while nails became hugely popular um yeah. you know probably about four or five years into my employment time at scratch and um we just saw that explosion in the consumer market it was more accessible to have nail art and it was more well received as well you know businesses were allowing you to express yourself on on nails so it meant that nails in particular were, were talked about so much yeah. and it, it meant that obviously now professionals were in more demand so yeah i've seen a lot of differences um mostly positive mostly positive and we, when we say mostly positive we talk about social media being this positive influence that's built up all of our careers um I know when I first started out 20 odd years ago, there definitely wasn't social media. Um, your friends had to recommend you to your to friends. Uh, so it has been a massive, massive thing for people to be able to build better businesses. And you I like to say, get if you are good at the art, if you are, if you can create little canvases on the end of your fingers, 
that they don't just stay local anymore. They can, they can go viral. They, they can be seen all over the world. So that's been brilliant for people's businesses. But the negative side of, of what social media can do to fragile um, up and coming or even established. I've, I've had times where I've took myself out of nail groups because um, not necessarily because somebody said something negative to myself, but that I've just thought I, I'm in a place at the minute where I'm too fragile. I can't be part of that and taking myself out. Um, but I've definitely seen recently that the more positive voices are, are drowning out. Uh, we are accepting this even passive bullying anymore. Have you found that that on a much wider scale being in media? Yeah, I, I would largely agree, actually. I think, um, you know, coronavirus has obviously had huge detrimental effects on businesses, but also I think for the nail industry in particular, it's shown people really supporting each other and coming together. And, um, you know, in, in this industry where people haven't been able to work for, you know, the best part of a year, um, they have been reaching out online and you know asking people for help for support for advice to kind of better their business in loads of different ways and yeah i think we can see just from the amount of workshops that have come into fruition and people doing that taking their training online yeah they are just like you know what i'm utilizing my time to help others in this industry because there is room for everybody mm. and that has been so heartwarming to see. And I think I wrote in one of my uh, Ed's letters in um, one of the magazines earlier this year, um, how incredibly heartwarming that was, mm. um, just to see how the industry has really pulled together and supported one another. And it definitely drowns out the noise. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so let's go back to all about Helena. Let's talk about what you do when you're not working. <laughs> Let's talk about what you do for fun. What's your what are your outside of the nail industry passions? Or are you just like work, oh, work, goodness work? Me. <laughs> I mean, work is a very big part of my life. And with social media, it, it doesn't stop. But I love what I do. They, you know, there's the yeah. phrase that I think most people enter the nail industry because it doesn't feel like work. They no. love what they do. And Yes, I'm working on the, the media side of things, but I do work a lot because I love what I do and I love the industry, so I am immersed in it. But I'm not adverse to going down the pub with my friends and just, you know, having a nice weekend over a glass of Savvy B and, oh. uh, or three, who knows, and just We're enjoying in. myself in that respect, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you when we can for that yeah. bottle of Savvy yeah. instead, but yeah 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 i think I'd, I'd love to come out with some really great hobbies that i have but i just i just don't i'm your average 30 something who just enjoys spending time with friends family and i think more than ever when we we are allowed to that is just going to be right where can we go for brunch when can i see you let's catch up and um that's my chill out that's my relax yeah. spending time with friends and family yeah mine too so same hobbies as myself, a nice little glass of wine of an evening. So um, going forward over the next couple of years, when we do come out of, of lockdown, what are you thinking are going to be the way that the nail industry direction is going to go? I mean, there's been an awful lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about um, regulation um, and um, and then we talked about your first day was within a, a trade show. Uh, that there are going to be a lot more of these events where I think 
where businesses can meet their clients do you think that's the way that the industry will go more towards trying to get a more personal relationship with the with consumers uh, i think so yes i think overall in in the the professional now sector i think we're really going to see an uptake in in the standard and the quality mm. of um the industry as a whole and um, I think the fact that we've now got our own body of or representatives in Parliament is a huge step. And that's with, with thanks to, you know, the British Beauty Council, the NHBF and our industry bodies that have have worked tirelessly over the last 12 months to kind of lobby for that and get get us recognised. But I think one thing that COVID has meant is that it's it's weaned out those those um, who maybe weren't working to the levels that they should have been working at definitely um and i think we'll definitely see consumers a little bit more aware of the measures that should be in place and it, particularly hygiene health and safety um and i think obviously people have had to up their game due to covid in terms of ppe and health and safety um and i think that's a great thing for the industry definitely you know, the majority of people are doing that already, mm. which is great. And, you know, the majority of our audience, you know, they were like, well, we've been doing most of this already. There's only a couple of changes. That's fantastic. But there mm. were a lot of people that weren't. Mm. And um, I think, yeah, we're, we're just going to see this elevated standard. And hopefully with um, now we've got the Federation of Nail Professionals. Um, yes. Chaired by my Newman. Hopefully there'll be some moves towards licensing or some kind of regulation to just promote that standard even more so i think overall we're going to see the quality of the nail industry as a whole really start to improve and what are you seeing starting to come through in the nail industry what i mean obviously working in in, in scratch magazine you're probably approached by companies that are trying to get exposure that are trying to blow up the industry what are, what are your thoughts on what we're about to start seeing come through trends and, and such like as well Ooh. well you know not so much on the trend side but i think um we're seeing so many more smaller brands come through some independent brands which is just wonderful it's so it's good isn't it from nail yeah it's brilliant that, that they've you know utilize their experience and their career thus far to produce you know their own range of tools or their own range of gel polish and they know the the tick boxes that they have to go through or you know they're creating cuticle oil pens to to retail for example and um we've now got a regular feature in, in scratch magazine called brown watch because we have so many of these smaller independently run brands coming through and I, I also think I think as long as they're obviously following the regulations, yeah. then I think it's absolutely fantastic that, you know, we're seeing this diversity and we're seeing people really start to kind of make their own way based on on their experience. I think that's lovely. So, yeah, seeing a lot of that. I agree. I mean, I, I've uh, I've seen um, especially in the last probably five years, like you say, people that have been in the industry that transfer of passion so they, they don't want to leave the industry because they love it but like i was having a conversation with somebody the other day um that some of us can't carry on doing a 10-hour day behind a nail desk anymore but we don't want to leave we love this industry so much we don't want to leave so it's like what else can we do i mean um yeah podcasts might not pay me but it will mean that if i'm not at 
my nail desk, at least I'm still talking to nail techs and still talking to people in the industry and my passion can still stay there. Uh, but I'm seeing an awful lot of these smaller yeah. brands. And the beauty that I'm seeing is that there may be 400 glitter companies, there may be 600 uh, cuticle companies, there may be, none of them are competing with each other. They're all just happy to exist together. And actually what you've got is somebody saying, I mixed that bag of glitter and I put it in the bag and I put the label on and I talked to you via messenger and I put your address on the envelope and sent it to you. I, I very much feel that for me as a consumer, that's what I want to see. And I know um, that when I did the Nailtopia trade show, having those small brands standing there talking to the consumers and the people were coming out saying, oh, I've just talked to so-and-so from such and such brand. Oh, weren't they lovely? And they gave me hints and tips and they were sharing knowledge um, and sharing experience. And for me, that's what fosters um, my loyalty. Do you think that you're going to see an awful lot more of smaller brands coming through? I suppose this lockdown has really helped that, that they've had time to develop it. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think um, the people do see the value now in retail and having their own brand and creating something that specifically fits their needs. Mm. I definitely think that there's definitely a place for um, the big brands and the small brands mm. that, that they can all work harmoniously because, you know, whether you're a nail professional looking to buy products or you're a consumer wanting something, you know, we don't all go to the shops and buy the same loaf of bread. Like there, there, exactly, is, there yeah. is a place for everybody we all have different needs and wants and i think that's the beauty of the the diversity within this industry and in mm. that we've we've got all these amazing options available and how mm. lucky uh our nail professionals and nail clients to have such incredible options that they can really make themselves stand out by using a range that you know is that fits with their own ethos whether mm. that's vegan friendly or whether that's you know for whether you're left-handed or whether it's because you that brand has a great reputation already like it's it's down to the professional to figure out what's important to them and then they've got all of this amazing choice i, I think that's definitely key that the the option that is out the options that are out there now um so you, you you're not kind of well there's only three brands i can buy from like you say vegan this is this is coming through yeah. vegan products is uh, and it's I, I, I won't pretend i'm vegan i won't even pretend i'm vegetarian um but i love the idea that that finally people that people that are vegan and or, or that companies that are wanting to try and be a little bit more uh, socially aware and ecologically aware that these brands are starting to come through um, and that efficacy is starting to be much more of a buzzword within the industry, that um, having a moral compass is as attractive as a great product. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of brands, particularly um, when, when I see brands and their marketing materials and advertising, it is a big thing to put, you know, the bunny logo on there or, or to say that they're vegan friendly. Um, and it's it goes back down to that awareness factor again people are more aware of what they're 
buying investing in what's going on their nails what what um they're you know take what they're taking care of their hands and 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 nails with so i think it just comes back down to that awareness and everybody's different everyone has their own values but we, we are seeing a lot more um buzzwords and um those kind of um importances uh rise to the fore whether that's vegan friendly or whether you know that's you know with different certifications it's people are asking more questions i think and i think that's just a good thing definitely uh, and brexit has had a massive impact on exports and imports of, of oh, shall we not go there <laughs> yeah have you found that that's <laughs> yeah have you found oh, that God, that started to been something that started to be a detriment to the industry yeah. It's definitely raising a lot of challenges and um, in terms of import taxes, um, a lot of the the big nail brands are based in America mm. and, um, you know, it's it's been very, I think they're going to be faced with even more challenges mm. um, in terms of import export. So I think that has had a domino effect on why we're seeing smaller independent brands coming through. But you know what, if people people have time to plan at the moment and if they want certain products, they will be prepared to wait. Um, so it, it all depends on your own personal values, but I think it's going to present some challenges, but it's all in the planning. If you want that stock, then plan, plan, you plan. You just need to wait, don't you? You just need to plan. Yeah. So in the next year or so, what are we to look forward to? What are the things we should get excited about? Oh, in the nail world, I think, you know what, I just can't wait to just see people again mm. and network and just some events um, will start opening up. And I mean, we are delighted to announce that the Scratch Stars party will be going ahead this year on the Yay! 25th of July, which is, yes, I'm so <laughs> excited about it. Um, so basically the, the, the Scratch Stars party obviously had to be postponed last year, which meant our Scratch Stars Awards finalists didn't get to compete last year so they will be competing at the end of may and the party um on the 25th of july in london will announce the winners but it's also a networking event and it's yes. fun there's loads of savvy beef rachel there will be some cocktails <laughs> there'll be some entertainment and oh. i'm so excited for it because I'm seeing it as a, you know what, this is possibly the first time in over a year that the nail industry will just be able to get together, have some fun, have a laugh, chill out, see their friends, and hopefully, fingers crossed, give them a hug. So, oh, God, <laughs> hugs. Oh, I miss hugs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those times when you would just... I mean, the nail industry... Yeah, it's, the nail industry is so tactile as well. Obviously, you know, you're holding people's hands all day doing their nails and it's just not, be, and I speak to a lot of nail technicians who are like, oh, my clients are more my friends now. And, you know, I, I used to give them a hug when they came in because I wouldn't see them, you know, I'd see them every three, four weeks or whatever mm. and we'd catch up about life. And that hasn't been able to, to happen. Mm. So 25th of July, Scratch Stars Awards Party. That's um, really looking forward to that. And hopefully trade shows. I mean, I love yeah. Olympia Beauty and, and I'm like that's all planned for the beginning of October and um you know hopefully utopia and there's so many things to look forward to in terms of events and things to do and I want to go to all of them yeah well uh definitely I mean the trade shows I, I mean as as you know I started my own trade show 
before I did manage to get one in just before um, it all happened and yeah. I had two more cancelled uh, and Nailtopia will be um, I suppose not international we, we will be doing one in Northern Ireland uh, in September um, with Cuckoo um, oh. yes <laughs> and then again in November back in Sheffield and hopefully in future years we will be doing more than two a year uh, I, I want to try and always do one in Belfast because I love Helen Crane from Cuckoo we are just we're mad as a box of frogs when we get together uh but good things come from that um but yeah trade shows i think are especially for i suppose um isolated techs it's a really good place for those people to go to network to meet people and to find new brands because i suppose if you're just sitting in your bedroom all day scrolling on the internet trying to find a brand um it's a very difficult way of of um negotiating the world yeah, you're so right. I think that's such an important point about, you know, there are so many more nail technicians now working on a mobile basis, working on their own. And, you know, yes, you, you've got your scratch magazine, you're on social media, but, you know, I think it's so important to kind of put yourself out there and just go to these events because you can get caught in an online wormhole. Mm. And, you know, there is more out there rather than just sitting at a screen like go and talk go and find out about these new techniques and products that you know we've featured in scratch but it's important to go and see them for yourself mm. maybe you know go and see the demos and you know talk to someone that you never know how they could help your business or how you could help them and um i think that's the beauty of of trade shows people are often like oh well i don't need to buy any stock i you know I, i'll save the money and i'll i'll just you know buy it online or something rather than go there but it's it's there's so much more than that they're mm. events they're industry events that i think have such an importance and that shouldn't be taken for granted they take i think in years gone by i've i've seen my social media running up to trade shows uh, that i might not be attending myself but i've seen my friends for about a week running up to it like right got my outfit done my nails had my hair colored it's a whole event it's kind of it's yeah. almost like a, a party you, you're going you're walking around all day looking at products but you aren't turning up unless your hair's done your nails done and the idea of turning up with no nails on or, <laughs> or no makeup would yeah. <gasps> horror um and i i agree i think the 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 trade show environment is a great place for techs to not just only find new products but to feel like they're 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 getting out and um, getting themselves seen as well. Yeah, and they're part of the industry, absolutely. And you know, it's getting yourself out there and feeling that that connection to like-minded people in the industry, people that are doing what you're doing. And it's important to kind of listen to those educational seminars and just immerse yourself in that. It's a day, two days. You know, it's and it, I think they they're really enriching um, trade events, um, yeah. particularly for, for those people that may be working on their own and mm. um, perhaps a little bit more isolated in terms of professional life. Yeah. Helena, I mean, I joked with you at the start, didn't I, about uh, being very nervous to interview an interviewer um, and uh, I will tell everybody now I did pause quite a few times. Uh, <laughs> I'll be hundred percent honest. I've, I've, hands are up in the air. I did have to pause a few times while the cogs that had suddenly frozen <laughs> got back working. Helena has been an absolute delight uh, and pay, very, very patient with me. Um, to this crazy woman that had this crazy idea to do this crazy thing with 
absolutely no knowledge of how to pull it off. So Helena, thank you so much for being so patient with me. Thank you so much for talking to me today uh, about all these interesting subjects. And um, thank you for Scratch Magazine because it's the, it's the monthly event, the cup of tea comes through the door, sat on, having a scroll, a quick flick, and then you sit and read properly. And it's probably two or three days of having a good old read. And it's, I think, invaluable to us as an industry. So thank you for that. And thank you again for today. Oh, thank you, Rachel. And thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute delight and um, love what you're doing. And it's, it's been so great to be part of your journey, uh, your <laughs> podcast journey. And uh, hope to see you at the Scratch Stars party or at some point for that, um, oh. you know, well-earned bottle of Savvy B. Listen, if I get invited to the Scratch Stars party, you guys really need to be afraid because the Savvy B are... I think that would need to buy in a few more crates. <laughs> I will, I would definitely be at least one, if not two in my hands. <laughs> I'll speak to you very soon, Helena. Thank you. So Thank you for listening to today's episode of Nailtopia Inside with the Insiders. If you have enjoyed it, you can show me your support by heading over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Nailtopia, where you can help keep me in Yorkshire Tea and Savvy Bee, enabling me to keep chatting to nail industry insiders with the stories you just need to hear. You can also check out what else Nailtopia is about on both Facebook and Instagram.